Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up? It's Rich. My Take Radio, episode 27, for Thursday, January 21st, 2010. The intro music you just heard is The Omen of Geneva. The artist is Neko Frog 1, N-E-K-O Frog, the number one. You can download that and any of the other music we've used at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. If you'd like to call in to discuss any of tonight's topics, that call in number is 347 324-3541. All right, a couple of things. First off, of course, um, and I'm going to open the show with this for a few weeks, the um, donations for Haiti, of course, please go to redcross.org or text to donate 10 bucks to the Haitian cause. Um, definitely every little bit helps. They need all the help they can get. So if you get a chance, got 10 bucks, make a donation. It won't fucking kill you. Um, the fuck else? Of course, for some reason, I still keep losing my voice. I have no idea what's going on. So if I sound a little fuck, a little fucking shitty, um, I apologize. Uh, forums. The forums are live and popping, so definitely stop into mytakeradio.com slash forums and uh, join in, get in on some of the topics. A lot of things are covered that aren't covered on the show as well as just a couple of other things. It'll give you a chance to interact further with uh, fellow show listeners, myself, and a few other people that are on the MyTakeRadio.com website. With that being said, I would like to take the opportunity to welcome Mortis on board. Mortis is going to be writing uh, some MMA articles for MyTakeRadio.com going forward. He is joining the MyTakeRadio family composed of myself, Slick, my wife, and Bronx, in providing content for the site, Mortis has a great background in MMA, and I think that his addition to the team is going to be um, definitely wonderful, and it should be interesting just because I'd like to hear an insight from somebody who was involved in MMA from a, st- from a fighting standpoint. Um, going forward, I want to try and get lead-ins from guests, you know, little 30-second spots uh, recorded from guests going forward. Um, I'm trying to get in contact with some of the guests that have been on in previous weeks, and I should see if they can have lead-ins recorded, uh, hopefully in time for them to come back. The guys from Darksiders hopefully will be back, uh, hopefully second or third week in February, just giving myself some, some time to finish the game so I can have a lot of stuff to discuss with them. Next week I will be joined by... Razor Rob McCullough, he is the former WEC cage fighting lightweight champion. He will be joining me next week to discuss some MMA. Um, Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff will be back probably in two weeks. I'll be getting with her next week to record some lead-ins. So that pretty much is going to tie up all the housekeeping for this week. Again, 
congrats to Mortis, who is in the chat, for becoming the newest member of the MyTakeRadio.com writing team. So congratulations to Mortis. Uh, next week, like I said, Razor Rob will be joining us. He is also going to be rumored an assistant coach on the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. So we should definitely have a lot to discuss next week. Uh, MMA fans would not want to miss it for sure, just to get a chance to speak to one of the WEC's bright talents and former champions. With that said, let's talk some MMA. Uh, first off, the, uh, the card for UFC 110 is finalized. That's going to be taking place in Sydney, Australia, February 21st. Uh, some of the fights on that card are going to be Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira against Cain Velasquez. Bisping is fighting Vandalay Silva. George Sotteropoulos is fighting Joe Stevenson. Uh, Ryan Bader is fight, fighting Keith Jardine. And Mirko Krokop is going to be fighting Ben Rothwell. On the preliminary card, these fights, to my knowledge, have been confirmed. Uh, Elvis Sinisek returns to the Ultimate Fighter, uh, to the Ultimate Fighting pay-per-view. He's going to be fighting Chris Hasserman. I'm believing that some of these fights will be broadcast on Spike. Stefan Bonner is going to be fighting Christoph Szczynski. Brian Foster is going to fight Chris Lytle. C.B. Dalloway is going to fight Goran Relish. Uh, James Tahuna is going to be fighting Igor... Fuck, I can't say these Polish names. I'm sorry, Igor. I could not get that name out. I apologize. Um, the crew from Five Ounces of Pain put up um, a post this week stating that at UFC 113 in Montreal, Matt Mitrione is going to be fighting the one and only Kimbo Slice. Um, as far as I know, this fight has not been fully confirmed, but I think that it would be a great fight, of course, with the history of the Ultimate Fighter house and... You know, just the necessity to get Kimbo Slice on pay-per-view, it's a must-see. I think Mitrione coming in after his performance against Big Baby is going to do really well against Kimbo. I'm more than sure it's going to be a stand-and-bang affair. Um, UFC 113, the fights on that card are going to be Lyoto Machida fighting Shogun for the light heavyweight title. Marcus Davis is going to be fighting Jonathan Goulet. That's a rumored fight, as is Jeremy Stevens versus Sam Stout. Uh, the return of Patrick the Predator Cote and versus Alan Belcher, TJ Grant versus Johnny Hendricks, and of course, Kimbo Slice versus Matt Mitrione. Excuse me one second. I need a drink of water because I am dying. Of course, um, a couple of weeks ago, I showed the trailer for the next Ultimate Fighting Game, uh, UFC Undisputed 2010. As such, I got um, an early roster that's going to include the following fighters. At lightweight, BJ Penn, Diego Sanchez, Kenny Florian, Clay Guida, Gray Maynard, Frankie Edgar, Nate Diaz, Efrain Escudero, Joe Stevenson, Sean Shirk, Ross Pearson, Tyson Griffin, Joe Lazan, Spencer Fisher, the fuck is that? Terry Etim, Mac Danzig, George Sotteropoulos, Jim Miller, Glayson Tebow, and Andre Winner. Definitely really cool to see some of the... Uh, you know, some of the newer guys get a chance in there. Um, Andre Winner, it's pretty cool that he got in there after being on the Ultimate Fighter. At welterweight, of course, the usual suspects, GSP, Matt Hughes, John Fitch, Matt Serra, Koscheck, Paulo Thiago, Mike Swick, Paul Semtex Daly, Martin Campman, Dan Hardy, Thiago Alves, Phil Baroni. Wow, they threw Phil Baroni in there. I'm just reading this for the first time myself. Matt Brown, James Wilkes. Chris Lytle, Carlos Condit, Marcus Davis, 
Ben Saunders, Dustin Hazlitt, Anthony Rumble Johnson, and Amir Sadala. Uh, for middleweight, usual suspects, Dan Henderson is still in the game, even though he went to strike force. Uh, Vitor Belfort, Patrick Cote, Belcher, Vanderlei, Bisping, Akayama, Damian Maya, uh, Rusimar Palhares, Nate Quarry, Aaron Simpson. Wow, C.B. Dalloway. Pretty solid lineup. Light heavyweight, of course, same shit, usual suspects. A um, couple of new guys in there, Matt Hamill, John Bones Jones, uh, Ryan Bader, Keith Jardine, Brandon Vera, Thiago Silva, Antonio Ruggiero Noguera, Luis Kane, Randy Couture, who, of course, was missing in the previous game. He's going to be the only dude to be in both the EA MMA game and the UFC game. Mark Coleman, Stefan Bonner, Steve Cantwell, and Alexander Gustafson. Heavyweights, all the usual guys. Um, the only guys we can throw in there, Stefan Struve, Gilbert Evil, Roy Nelson. I can't even believe. I definitely want to see his CGI gut in there. Uh, Paul Buentello, of course, Ben Rothwell, Kimbo, Todd Duffy, and Anthony Hardung. So as of right now, that's the quote-unquote finalized roster. I'm more than sure they're going to be adding a couple of new ones in there. We'll see what happens. MMAJunkie.com reported that Czech Congo is going to be fighting Paul Buentello for the March 21st UFC event on Versus. Uh, definitely an awesome fight, those two guys. Definite knockout power. Paul Buentello is a beast. He's got strong hands. And I think he's going to go in there and probably serve another loss to Czech Congo after the ass-whooping Frank Mir gave him. But nonetheless, the rest of that card, if you got Versus, is a must-see. John Bones Jones is going to be fighting Brandon Vera. Junior Dos Santos versus Gabriel Gonzaga. Buentello against Czech Congo. John Howard versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. And Shannon Gugarty is going to be replacing Sean Shirk against the carpenter Clay Guida. Um, preliminary card, Elliot Marshall's fighting Vladimir Matyshenko, which I definitely want to see. Spencer Fisher's fighting Dwayne Ludwig. James Irvin is fighting Alessio Sakara, And Chase Gromley's fighting Brendan Schaub. Diego Sanchez, after the ass-whooping he took at lightweight from BJ Penn, has decided to go back to the UFC's welterweight division. He announced via Twitter that he is going to welterweight, and he really wants a rematch with Koscheck or John Fitch or any of the top guys. He also made a comment at Nate Diaz, since Nate Diaz is also moving up to 170, and asked that if he's coming into welterweight, that he would like to fight him and to make it happen. So definitely... Um, an interesting development for the welterweight division. Diego Sanchez, a great fighter in any division. I think um, if he does good at 170, I could see him getting a shot at GSP. Um, Nate Diaz, another guy, great submission specialist. His movement up to welterweight is going to add a lot more depth and dynamic to that division, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, Josh Koscheck also confirmed via Twitter. It seems that a lot of the news this week are coming from Twitter. He confirmed that he will be fighting Paul Daly at UFC 113. Um, UFC 113 is supposed to be May 1st at the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, which I believe that date has been changed. Uh, the fights on that card, uh, Lyoto Machida, Koscheck versus Daly, Jonathan Goulet versus Marcus Davis, Cote versus Belcher, Stout versus Stevens, Grant versus Hendricks, and... Um, they originally had that Kimbo Slice fight penned in for that, but either way, UFC 113 looks like another solid card. Um, 
in some news that is making me even more happy, it seems that um, our governor, Governor Batman, um, has proposed a new budget for 2010-2011, and he's included a proposal to legalize MMA in New York State. Um, right now, New York State is in a fucking deficit of $7 billion, and the belief is that major MMA events can bring in between 10 to $15 million per event. Um, definitely something I want to see happen. As a New Yorker, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm greedy for just because a lot of these other states get to enjoy the UFC and strike force and various other events. And I think it's high time that we got a fair shake. I think that UFC and Madison Square Garden, Nassau Coliseum, fuck Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium, anywhere would be a godsend for the sport. And it would definitely be a huge influx of cash for our fucking starved economy since we're getting raped left and right here in New York. And, of course, the big news in MMA news is Brock Lesnar was on SportsCenter giving his first interview, and he discussed coming back to the UFC. He's officially healed up and ready to rock and roll. A couple of little excerpts from the interview. He was saying that he was fighting a case of uh, diverticulitis. He lost 40 pounds. Um, they were saying that he was going to need surgery and he was going to need to have his colon removed, or a portion of it, I should say. And um, he went on to say that he's excited to be coming back. He went in for a uh, CT scan. And originally when he was going to go in there to schedule himself for surgery, they conducted a scan and found that his stomach issues were completely healed. So it's a great, great step in the right direction for Brock Lesnar. I wish him um, a speedier recovery. With that being said, you know, the game has changed once again in the UFC with his return. Um, Miran Carwin is still going to be for the interim title. The winner is going to fight Brock Lesnar in the summer. If for whatever reason something happens to Mir and or Carwin, um, the winner of Nog versus Velasquez is going to get the shot. A couple of other things. Brock Lesnar said that he went back into the gym officially Thursday morning doing a mini camp. He's training to fight practically anybody. When asked about his potential rematch for Frank Mir, he says, and I quote, I don't think I beat Frank Mir as bad as I could have, so for me to get my hands on that stalker again would be great. Frank Mir has made it a mission of his life, and Frank Mir is a stalker. And as, and as is the case, I'll take care of that if I'll face him again. On his illness, he, you know, he gave a lot of explanations in terms of what was going on. He took an opportunity to shit on Canadian health care, and he discussed the small proce procedure that he had done. They said that he had stuck a six-inch needle into his stomach and drained three pockets that he had in his intestines and removed 14 cc's of fluid. That's fucking serious. He was told he needed to change his diet because he wasn't getting enough fiber. Um, he was just basically having a meat and potatoes diet, which isn't a bad thing, but he would skip on the vegetables, which definitely was a factor in fucking up his stomach. He said, and I quote, the experience gave me a different perspective on life and my family. I'm a young guy. These things aren't supposed to happen. I consider myself a healthy human being. I'm 32 years old, and for something like that to happen to me, I definitely have to reevaluate. When you think you're doing all the right things, and all of a sudden something like this happens, obviously you're not, and I have to make some changes. So definitely excited to see Brock Lesnar come back. Of course, you know, love-hate relationship with the dude. And um, regardless of the fact, you know, I don't – I really don't wish any ill will on anybody. And when you're dealing with something like that, like he said, he's 32 years old. You know, I'm not even 30 yet. 
and when I'm in the gym or doing anything, I worry about getting hurt and not being able to provide for my family. And, you know, it's a constant worry just in general, and I can definitely relate to that. Like I said, personally, I still think he's a douche. Whether he's changed or not remains to be seen. But nonetheless, I think that him coming back is going to change the dynamic of the heavyweight division. It's going to make things a little bit more interesting. Not to say that they weren't already with the players that are involved, but his involvement is just something, you know, it adds that, that aura of showmanship, that aura of somebody's getting their face pounded. And not to say that these other guys weren't going to deliver solid fights, but in terms of promoting a fight and putting hype behind it, you know, the only really good hype man in the heavyweight division is Frank Mir. He's good at talking shit and generating a buzz. But Brock Lesnar, like I said, you either want to see him get his face beat in or you want to see him pound somebody out. It just, it's just that circus-like atmosphere that he brings. And then the fact that he's just an enigma all to himself. You know, the guy came down to 240. You know, he lost fucking, he lost a shitload of weight, and he looked like a totally different dude. You know, this is a guy that walks around at about 300 pounds and cuts weight to fight at, at the heavyweight max, which I believe is 265. So it, it's definitely a huge accomplishment. It's amazing how he healed up and came in there ready to rock and roll. So much love to, you know, much love and respect to him. I hope that this is the last of his health issues, and he can go in there and, you know, lose the belt to Shane Carwin or any of the other guys. Because, like I said, I want to see him lose to be humbled, and then I just want to see his road back because he has, you know, like I said, a very unique story. And to close out the MMA news this week, uh, Rampage was in a car accident. He got rear-ended by a little old lady. His uh, $100,000 Audi R8, which he had just brought back from the dealership, was rear-ended by a little old lady, and she pretty much fucked up his car. So uh, definitely a sad day for Rampage, especially for a car that's a hundred grand. Um, I'm wondering what funny-ass line he said to the old lady, and what he uh, what he proceeded to say when his car, when he realized that his car just got fucked up by a uh, by a little old lady. I can imagine him just getting out and being like, "I can't believe this shit," but um. Definitely tough luck for Rampage. Uh, you got to replace that $100,000 ride, son, so you need to come in and fuck up Rashad Evans so you can get that paper and buy yourself a new ride. Uh, tough break for Rampage, but with that, I'm going to close out the MMA news for this week, and I am going to go into the wrestling segment right after this message. BornStuffingRadio.com. That's where you'll find our radio show. Rich. You dig it, don't you? Yeah, man. He digs it. How come you don't dig it? Fuck you. Get on the internet. BornStuffingRadio.com Rat bastards. My Take Radio, we're back. Uh, wrestling. You know, as much as I wanted to talk wrestling, I, I'm really annoyed that the, the, the bulk of the stuff I got to talk about involved Bubba the Jizz Sponge. Um, Bubba the Love Sponge is a Florida radio personality and friend of Hulk Hogan. I am not a fan of his. For those of you that are, you know, don't get offended. My show, my views, I really don't think highly of him in any shape, way, or form. Nonetheless, with that being said, um, when Hulk Hogan involved himself in TNA, one of the first things that was mentioned, of course, was the fact that they were going to bring back a lot of the old wrestlers. You know, Hall... Nash, all these old guys. I knew they were going to bring them back. I know it was a matter of time that we'd be watching WCW 1998 all over again. 
nonetheless, um, he was actually the cause of a, of a huge amount of news this week. Uh, number one was the fact that he, um, he's been making a lot of Twitter comments about what's going on behind the scenes at TNA. You know, it's been a lot of people are saying that he's trying to take Jeremy Borash's backstage announcement job, whether that's true or not. You know, I don't know, but he announced that he made sure to make a message about that. Um, he's also been complaining about the lack of respect he's been getting and how the Bubba Army are quote-unquote offended and blah, blah, blah. But the shit that got him in trouble the most was the fact that he made some disparaging remarks about the Haiti situation. Um, he actually made some commentary about Haiti and the situation going over there. For all intents and purposes, he was like, you know, fuck Haiti. Why are we doing anything for them when we got to do shit here? And you know what? I understand that those are your views, and you're entitled to them. This is a free country. You can say whatever the fuck you want. But the fact of the matter is that TNA is actively involved in raising money to help with the tragedy in Haiti. And for you to go on your show or on Twitter and make such a, such a serious statement like that when you're basically an employee of the company is just really poor, it's really poor taste. And as such, that ended up catching him in a bigger headache. That headache, my friends, is in the form of Awesome Kong. It seems that Awesome Kong, the TNA knockout, um, felt very strong about Bubba the Love Sponge's comments and proceeded to whoop Bubba the Love Sponge's ass backstage. As such, Bubba the Love Sponge was sent home, and um, Awesome Kong was, I guess, sent home slash suspended. Let me give you a little bit of insight. Um, he was on his show, of course, with Hulk Hogan. He made the following comments explaining what happened. She was wearing wrestling gear, and she came in on me and sucker punched me right in the left cheek. I was like, what's going on? And then she came at me again and hit me again in the mouth. And she goes, this is for Haiti. This is for Haiti. And I'm like, what's going on? Finally, I put my hand out and push her away from me. And she comes back at me again, and I just cover up because I cannot fight back against a woman. Not only will I be fired from TNA, which I probably am, but my radio career is gone. Hogan, in response, said, I'll tell you what, after that happened, if you had clocked her, you'd have got away with it. Well, nobody knows, and this is the real truth, that there were certain people there. She should, be, she should get off the property. She should be fired immediately. That's it. It was so violent. You could have actually lost an eye. You could have had your teeth knocked out. But to give you your credo, you're the one who said not to fire her. Now, the thing with that is this. When you go and you make an inflammatory comment of that nature, the fact of the matter is, that people are going to get offended. And when you're in an environment, uh, and, and especially an environment with so many dominant personalities, you've got to really watch what you say. You know, regardless of how people feel about their, you know, their, their personal issues regarding Haiti, whether, excuse me, whether we should be involved, whether we shouldn't be involved, whether we care, whether we don't care, you know what? Your First Amendment right entitles you to say whatever the fuck you want. But... When you're, when you're on a public forum, you've got to watch your commentary, especially in regards to how you deliver that. You don't know, A, if there are Haitian employees that work in your organization or your business. B, 
Keep that commentary to yourself because if you deliver like that, some people may consider that hate speech. And you know what? Two wrongs don't make a right. Bubba the Love Sponge should have kept his fat yap shut. And Awesome Khan really shouldn't have fucked him up because he can basically file criminal charges because it is assault. I mean, she is 350 pounds. She's a big girl. And, yeah, he's a big dude, but not bigger than her. So, you know, and, and Hogan's commentary, whether joking or not, just adds to the situation. And it, it, it frustrates me because him constantly being on Bubba the Love Sponge talking about TNA business is good and bad for the product because it's just making it seem like it's really lowbrow and the organization has no way of handling itself. Again, I don't like Bubba the Love Sponge. Two wrongs don't make a right, but there's no necessity for you to go on Twitter every time that something happens in TNA and bitch and complain about it. The only reason you're there, you fucking piss bag, you leather coat wearing shit dick, is because Hogan is there. You ain't shit. Do your show in Florida, continue to kiss Howard Stern's ass on satellite radio, and stop trying to get into shit that you shouldn't be involved in. You know, do your show, have Hogan on, support TNA through your show, and stay in your fucking zone. Some motherfuckers shouldn't be involved. Look, I'm a wrestling fan. Do I need to work in WWE or TNA? No. Can I? Who knows? But you've got to pick your battles. You can't just go running off at the mouth and not think that somebody's going to come and fucking check you. That's how it goes. And like I said, I'm more than sure if somebody listens to the show and posts it on Twitter, I may get some hate mail from the Bubba Army. Look, he's your dude. You're entitled to like him. That's fine. His commentary, inappropriate, especially, like I said, working for some big organization. If you don't like it, write me an email, call into the show, De, you know, and we'll, we'll debate the finer points of Bubba the Love Sponge. With that being said, I don't even want to continue giving him any more time on the show. Let's move into the next segment. Uh, WWE, of course, as much as TNA has been sucking ass lately with the fucking geriatric, with the geriatric world order, the fact is Raw isn't doing any better. This week, we were treated to Raw being hosted by Don Johnson and Napoleon Dynamite. Those were your guest hosts this week. And, you know, Don Johnson was the good guy out of the duo. Napoleon Dynamite was the bad guy. Of course, he was involved in the main event, and he was dressed, you know, they were kind of poking fun at Ric Flair with his ring attire and all that shit. Neither one of them was any good. I mean, Napoleon Dynamite kind of funny, but definitely one of the shittiest hosts in a while. Um, the only good thing is, you know, they moved The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels storyline on. They moved the uh, Royal Rumble participants on. They started building around that. But overall, definitely not one of the better hosts. I actually think that that was fucking one of the worst guest hosting jobs ever. But it's going to get better. Here's some of the next uh, guest hosts for Raw. January 25th. James Roday and Duel Hill are going to be hosting. James Roday and Duel Hill are the duo from Psych, of course, with the Psychic from USA and the Token Black Guy. Those two guys are going to be hosting Raw January 25th. February 1st is going to be William Shatner. Definitely want to see that because there's, there's going to be some, some Shatner shit talking. It's going to be like, oh, my God, it's Randy Orton. What are you going to do? Are you going to kick John Cena in the head? I just want to hear him just talk shit 
for three hours just because William Shatner is a douche, but he's a lovable douche, and he has a place in uh, wrestling, so I definitely want to see that. February 8th, NASCAR fans will get to have Carl Edwards host Raw. Uh, February 15th, Jerry Springer is going to host it. Whoop-de-fucking-doo. The big one that I only care about is March 15th. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be hosting it. And to add to the uh, um, awesome Kong news, um, allegedly she it's been reported that she gave her notice to be released from her TNA contract. Whether that's legit or not remains to be seen. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if she, if she is released and she ends up in WWE. So we'll see what happens with that. That being said, we're going to go into some video game news right after this commercial break. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on all games. My Take Radio, we're back. Uh, video Games. First off, Sega announced that, get this, Banjo and Kazooie are going to be in the Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing game. Strange, because of course, Banjo and Kazooie belong to Rare. When asked about it, Rare studio head Mark Betteridge explained the thinking behind that. It makes sense to me to keep our characters in the public eyes and in players' awareness. And this opportunity was one we couldn't pass up. Not only did it allow Banjo and Kazooie to appear as they've most recently been seen in Nuts and Bolts, but we'd be entrusting them to a well-known publisher with its own compatible stable of characters. According to recent rumors, a lot of Rare's franchise have had their sequels canceled as the developer works on games for Project Natal. And, of course, that would jive in well with Rare lending their characters out because it does keep them fresh. I mean, the only thing I care that Rare needs to do for me is A, redo Killer Instinct and bring that back. B, Put Xbox, per, put Perfect Dark on Xbox Live. That's all I care about. Do I give a fuck about Banjo and Kazooie? No, the fuck I don't. Do I care that their car is made out of fucking pixie sticks and jello? No, I don't give a fuck about that either. Do I care about the Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing game? Rental. Not something I'm going to go and put down any money for. But, of course, you know, they want to compete with Mario Kart, and not for nothing, Banjo and Kazooie look like they're fucking suited for that, uh, for that genre of game, so we'll see what happens with that. For those of you excited about the new DSi XL, um, Amazon in England actually released the price, and it's supposed to be uh, $240 in American money. And, uh, you know, of course, that's not going to be the, the price that it's going to be when it comes out in America, but those of you that want to try and get your hands on it, um, you can order it through Amazon UK and pay 240 bucks. Um, Bungie is doing their part to aid Haiti, and they're doing uh, something really cool, which um, a friend of mine partook in, and that's that if you go to the Bungie store and purchase a special T-shirt, Bungie will donate 100% of, of the proceeds to the Red Cross. Also, anything, anything purchased in the Bungie store, the profits are going to be donated 
through the end of February to the Red Cross. But if you really want to make sure that 100% goes in there, definitely check out the special T-shirt that Bungie put out at the Bungie store. And, you know, it's just another way of doing your part to help the, uh, uh, the, you know, the issue in Haiti. So definitely check out the Bungie store, or like I said in the beginning of the broadcast, head over to redcross.org. Uh, Nathan Drake, coming back for a third round. Nolan North, whose voice has been in Halo 3, Assassin's Creed 2, and Shadow Complex, confirmed that he is already working on another Assassin's Creed sequel, as well as a sequel to Uncharted Among Thieves, as per GamePro. So for those of you that are excited about that, there's your little nugget of information. Uncharted 3, being worked on. Uh, Venezuelan president and worldwide scumbag Hugo Chavez took the opportunity to make some outrageous remarks towards video games. See, I, I have global appeal. I talk about everything. So this douchebag from fucking Venezuela uh, went on the following rant during his weekly radio show. Those he goes, and I quote, Those games they call PlayStation are poison. Some games teach you to kill. They once put my face on a game. You've got to find Chavez and kill him. He moved on to say that games lead, lead down to the road of hell and capitalism and, con and persisted to blast games in which players bomb cities or just throw bombs. He believes these games are sold by capitalist countries to sell weapons, promote the need for cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol, and other items and contraband that they can sell. Chavez and his supporters recently were pissed off about the fact that Mercenaries 2 World in Flames, um, of course, in which you invade Venezuela, was being used to build support for a real invasion. In October, Parliament passed a law that would allow the government to outlaw bellicose games. The president would like Venezuelan companies to make educational games. See, this is what happens with politicians. Usually I can sit here and talk about our politicians and the shitty jobs they do, and just the lack of understanding with the video game culture and whole. But this piss bucket from Venezuela, he's a fucking piece of shit, proceeds to sit here and talk about video games being poison and, you know, helping you fucking leave. Let me tell you something. I'd like to know what video game will allow you to, you know, reenact a revolution against the government in real life. I want to know. I want to know what game it is that allows you to, you know, get a small guerrilla army, attack a government, attack a government area, and take over. I want to know what instructional game that is, because fuck, I want to play it. You know, it's disgusting when foreign governments and even foreign leaders have disparaging things to say about our country, especially when we fucking help them. This guy, this piece of shit, is going to sit there and, and just blur the line of reality and, and fantasy. You know, Mercenaries 2 is a fake game. None of it is real. None of it is based on real-world events. So what? You invade Venezuela. What the fuck do you get from Venezuela? I'm not shitting on the country. I know people from Venezuela. They're really cool. Got no problem with them. But this fucking asshole president that they got is a fucking shitbag. And he really should take the opportunity and play some other games because there are educational games out there. And, of course, you know, they've got to name the PlayStation by name. I bet you it's the PlayStation 2. 
I bet you that's where the 330,000 PlayStation 2s are. They're in fucking Venezuela where they're just now playing GTA. Dear Hugo Chavez, fuck you. Moving on. For those of you that are on Steam, you can uh, pick up Bioshock 2. Tuesday, Valve announced that Bioshock 2 is coming to Steam, and the game is available for pre-order. But that's not all. If you pre-order the games through Steam, you'll get 10% off the regular price, along with a free copy of the original Bioshock. Not only that, but you also get a Bioshock 2 4-pack. That second deal, which comes with the pre-order, includes a copy of Bioshock 2, the 10% discount, and four free copies of the original game. So if you're a Steam user, that'll definitely be something really cool to do um, with Bioshock, and it's going to definitely raise more awareness for the game. Wow, I haven't checked the switchboard, but it's been uh, pretty quiet. Just in case, 347-324-3541 is the call-in number if you want to call and discuss any MMA, wrestling, or video game topics thus far. Moving on, uh, the two motion controllers that Sony is working on will be available in the fall of 2010. Um, right now, it's just known as the motion control, as the PlayStation Motion Controller. But they also stated that you're going to need the PS3i to use the motion controller. The following was, and I quote, stated by Kaz Harai. We've decided to release the motion controller in fall of 2010, and we'll be able to offer an exciting and varied lineup of software titles that will deliver the new entertainment experience to PS3 users. We will continue to work to have comprehensive portfolios of attractive and innovative games for the motion controller, not only from Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios, but also from third-party developers and publishers who've been, who we have been working closely with. We look forward to soon unveiling the exciting software lineup that further expands and defines the PS3 platform. So, as of right now, they're going to be promoting the motion controller and the DualShock controller as the de facto PlayStation 3 controllers. So, with that being said, I think that them jumping in in the fall is definitely um, a salvo against Microsoft. And before we go into the next news item, we got our first caller. Caller, you're on the air. What's up, man? Hey, Slick, what's going on? Not much. Want to chime in on the motion control craze? Yeah, it's right up there with 3D as the new buzzword. So please, enlighten me. What do you got? Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. But um, it's funny how a few years ago, back in 2006, when the Wii came out, Everybody was making fun of motion controllers and shit, and now umpteen millions of Wii consoles sold later, all of a sudden everybody's hopping on the motion control car. Yep, it's true. But that's because, you know, competition breeds creativity, I always say that. And, you know, Nintendo ran out of the gate, and they, you know, I can imagine the rumor mill when the Wii first came out and Sony and Microsoft were probably like, look at these fucking guys in Nintendo. They're going to come out with their little hokey little controller and blah, blah, blah. Eh, it's just going to be a blip and it'll be gone in a, few, in a few months. Little did they know that the Wii was just going to keep whooping their ass practically through the duration of 2009 into, into 2010. It took 
it, it took how many price drops, dude, and how many great games for them to finally beat the Wii? A, a, a console that graphically looks like something drawn on a Netsch sketch? A console that can be played by a man with one arm? A console that is a favorite of senior citizens? A console where, where standard gameplay looks like somebody's masturbating. There you go. But, but that's what I'm saying. You know, and, and that's what I enjoy. I enjoy the little guy getting the victory. It may, you know what? As much shit as I give Nintendo, I enjoyed the fact that it forced them, number one, to innovate, number two, to cut the price of their fucking systems, and number three, to go back to the drawing board to give us new and engaging ways to enjoy our games. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind plugging in a controller and sitting in my chair and playing a game for fucking six hours. I enjoy it. It's fun. But you know what it is? There's a different type of enjoyment when you got five or six people trying to hula hoop on We Fit. You know, they're, 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 there's, a lot of, there's a lot of humor in that. You've got to think of the fact that there's a different type of gameplay that's involved. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of the Wii motions look like you're jerking off or whatever. And, and you know, there's humor in that. There's always going to be humor in that. From the name to the way you use the controller, there's going to be humor. But you know what? They have a formula that has been tried and true for the DS and the Wii the GameCube, and the 64. And you know what it is? It's simplistic games that are well done and enjoyable by the masses. You know, you're, you're a 30-plus-year-old man. You play fucking Pokemon. Nintendo owns you. They own that ass. <laughs> Nintendo owns Slick's ass. You want to know why? Because when you take that train to work every day, what the fuck are you playing? Nintendo DS. Not a PSP. Not a fucking Windows mobile phone, not an iPhone, a Game Boy. That's what you're playing. That's the same shit I play in the toilet and countless other people play. And everybody else does also. That's I don't it. think anybody in the chat can say that they haven't played their DS on a toilet. But that's what I'm saying. Nintendo is, it, they're, they're, they're doing something right. Uh, again, they, they suck with first-party shit. They're third-party titles with the exception of... Uh, uh, I'd say at least a handful aren't that great. You know, there's only so many times you can play Cooking Mama, Trauma Center, fucking Chicken Shoot, um, Jenga, which I think is the worst Wii game ever. And, you know, there's only, so much, there's only so much of that you can do, but you know what? The formula works. Do you know how many old fucks I know in my office that, you know what they buy? A Wii. Oh, you know what I was playing? I played the golf game. That game is so fun. These motherfuckers are 60 years old. They don't even know what Gears of War is. You know, you, you say, oh, do you know what Halo is? Like on an angel? No, fuckhead the game. You know, they don't know shit. You know, these old timers are the new genre of gamers. And I blame Nintendo. But you know what? It's the old timers that take their social security and walk into Best Buy and buy fucking Cooking Mama and we fit, and EA Sports Active. It's a whole new genre of gamers. I can't believe that I'm standing in the Nintendo aisle picking up new Super Mario Brothers next to a lady that smells like baby, like baby powder and bed farts. And she's a gamer. And she has her little powdery wig on, and she's like, is this game any good? And I'm looking, I'm like, who's it for? Oh, it's for me. Holy shit. <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, from... yo, it, dude, it fries my fucking skull. We go from cooking mama to my mama, who you've met, and she ain't, she ain't older than dirt, but she's no spring chicken. And I gotta say, she got me into role playing gaming because she did jack my NES to play Final Fantasy One, Final Fantasy Two, Dragon Warrior One, and Dragon Warrior Two, and didn't give it back because she was finished with those games. But um, she's actually looking to buy her first console that wasn't for me. And, of nice. course, what is it? The Wii. That's right. See? There you go. That's what I'm saying, you know? I, I love the motion control aspect. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm more than sure that Sony and fucking Microsoft are going to do some real crazy shit. They're going to be like, if you use the Microsoft Natal, it's going to beam the game into your fucking head. You know, like, that, that's what they're going for. Nintendo's like, look... Look at your little guy. He has no legs, and he's running down the field chasing a chicken. Enjoy it. It's 40 bucks. And like sheep, people will buy it. I think that motion control, 3D technology, and the inclusion of more immersive gameplay and just interaction with media is going to be just the future going forward. And the fact is that they're well on their way to doing that, and, and I admire that. What I don't like is the fact that they... Uh, that they're jumping on board and shitting on the Wii. It's like, you know what, the Wii is your father. You know, it fathered motion control gaming. You know, if there wouldn't have been no Wii, there wouldn't be no PS3 motion controller. So you know what, get off your fucking high horses because neither of you motherfuckers came up with it. And the truth of the matter is, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I got a feeling that just like most of the Xbox peripherals, Natal's going to have a big fucking buzz when it comes out, then it's going to get shuffled under the carpet like everything else. Yep, that's what happened with fucking, um, with the PS3i. That's what happened with the Xbox Live Vision camera. You know what I... Because there's going to be one, one big game that Natal has when it comes out, and then nobody else is going to fuck with it. Dude, one of the guys I work with said, you know what I use my Xbox Live Vision camera for? And I'm like, what? To tell girls playing Uno to show me their tits. That's what it's for! There ain't shit else you're going to do with it. You know, it's, it's, it's absurd, dude. But with that being said, you, you got anything else about motion control gaming after my little rant? No, just um, the 3D gaming thing. Well, you know what? You know, go ahead, go ahead man. No, go ahead. No, just that, you know, we saw the 3D gaming over the weekend... They actually showed the uh, little big planet in 3D. It was crazy. It's just the fact that I really hope they figure a way to do it without the glasses because, like I told you, that shit made my head feel like it was going to freaking explode. Yeah, well, you know what it is? That, um, that 3D technology is still in its infancy, and there's rumors that they're working on some type of a filter that's going to allow the naked eye to see 3D, 3D pictures without the glasses, I'm more than sure that that technology is at least 10 years off. But the fact of the matter is that 3D gaming, if done right, man, is going to be some of the most ridiculous shit we've ever played. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was great. I felt like I could put Sackboy in my pocket. But um, I, just, I can't wear those glasses for more than like five minutes. 
Yeah, well, th- that's what I was saying. The 3D glasses are, are um, you know, it's been proven that people that already wear glasses are complaining about the headaches. So I'm more than sure they're gonna tie, they're gonna tighten up uh, the lenses and do something in in the sense that they don't want to make it, um, you know, fuck up people's eyesight. That's pretty much what 3D glasses have been doing since like the 50s. Yeah, All they really much. do is fuck up people's eyesight. Yeah, they do, but some shit does look really nice. All right, dude. Well, anything anything else, back. my friend? Nah, I'm good for now. I'll probably call back later. Oh, boy. Wait till we get into the movies. Well, just oh, you no. wait. Oh, yes. Just you wait. All right, dude. All right, man. Later. I'll wait to hear that shit later. All right, homie. Peace. Peace. All right, we got another caller. Let's see if we can bring him in. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I'm new to your show. My name's Poison. What's going on, man? Oh, I know who this is. <laughs> what's going what's up, on, dude? man? What's going on, man? I just wanted to uh, make a quick comment. Yeah, the, the what you call it, the Wii, the only thing that made it hot, and I realized because I work with tons of middle-aged women, is the Wii Fit. When Christmas came along, that's all I heard was Wii Fit, Wii Fit, Wii Fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, you know, the Wii Fit is a successful, successful tool. You know, with a decent diet and 30 minutes of active exercise, you're going to lose weight and you're going to get in shape. And you know what? The scale takes advantage of making fun of you. It does, you know, the scale. The scale will be like, oh, you know, when you stand on that shit and it makes your little me look fat, it's very humbling. You know, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen little, you know, it, it has to ruin a kid's self-esteem. Some little preteen girl gets on there, oh, my God, I'm a fatty. You know, it's, it's funny shit. Dude, I hated but, that scale, man. That thing was so accurate when I first used it. I was like, what? <laughs> I actually went upstairs and checked out on the scale. I'm like... Wow, that thing was not lying one bit. <laughs> the only thing that I don't like is it doesn't account for the fact that there's some of us that actually go to the fucking gym. Like, at least my home scale has a fucking athlete mode. That's true. You know, That's true. You know how disheartened I was? I got on there, I'm like, wow, my me looks like fucking, like he's a, like he's a tumor with a face. <laughs> no, but uh, which one? No, the Wii definitely uh, opened up a broad, you know, door for uh, at least uh, people who are just... Uh, getting interested, you know, people in their late 40s, 50s. I mean, uh, I have one one of these uh, ladies that I, I hang out with a lot, um, what's called, uh, I talk to her a lot. She was saying that she was getting into uh, the whole Guitar Hero thing. I guess they have um, some kind of interface with, like, a Guitar Hero for Wii. I'm I actually not really that familiar with all the games on that platform. But she was telling me, I mean, like, all the little things that she would enjoy. I'm like, I'm listening to this. Like, I'm like, you're as old as my mom. You're playing Guitar Hero? <laughs> but that's what happens, man. It's, it's, that's, that's the audience that Nintendo has captured. And you know what? They're the people that have money. Those are the motherfuckers that have Social Security checks and go and buy themselves a BMW because they have nothing else to do with their money. Yeah, I'm going to go get myself this nice car. So, you know, that's the audience that they want for some of these casual games. And you know what? It's working. I don't true. see a 60-year-old woman walking in there to fucking buy a 360 or a PS3 because odds are she's not going to even know how to plug that shit in. 
you know, psychologically also, you know what, what's pretty interesting? And Microsoft started picking up on this was the whole thing with the avatar. The whole avatar that you can create your own, you know, three-dimensional person, character, and so on and so forth. You know, you could tell that that, that really hit home because a lot of people are like, oh, look, look at my little person and, you know, all the little games I can put, you know, my person in and so on and so forth. Same thing's happening with uh, what you call the 360 and everything. I mean, I, I got a 360 after, you know, the whole red uh, ring of death and, you know, I recently purchased one again. I'm like, what's this Avatar thing? I'm looking at it, and I'm like, they stole this from Wii. <laughs> That's there how I go. felt when I first saw it. Oh, yeah, they did, but you know what it is? They knew that that was a selling point. They wanted they wanted you to be more interactive in terms of making it more social gaming. I mean, don't get me wrong. Xbox Live is the leading provider of social gaming from a console standpoint with the PS3 coming in second and the Wii coming in dead last. But the fact of the matter is that you need that. You need a virtual representation of yourself to interact with, you know, with other gamers. And, you know, the, the Wii definitely set, that, set itself apart initially, especially when you can add your little dude into all these games. You know, I was like, wow, there's, there's my little dude, and he's batting. You know, like, that's, I was fucking stoked. That's the problem, though. I mean, that, that's when, uh, what you call it, other companies see that, like, at a selling point. You know, they don't come up with something, you know, uh, original. Like, they, they have to, unfortunately, steal that idea. And, you know, they could either make it, you know, the new best thing, you know, they could excel in it, or they just make it utter crap to the point that's like, all right, you, you pretty much, you know, you're a sellout. <laughs> you're trying to steal other people's stuff and trying to make it yours, and it's just not going to work. There you go. But, uh... No, I, I just wanted to put my uh, little two cents on that Wii thing. I, I thought it was hilarious that you brought that up. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I, I appreciate the call, and uh, wel- welcome to the hilarity that's, uh, <laughs> that goes on. Definitely, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Yeah. All right, man. Later. Late. All right. Ah, lines, are, lines are buzzing as soon as we start talking about the Wii. You're on the air. What's up? It's Waffles. Waffles, what's up? Uh, it's been a long time since I've been here, but I also got a bit of comment on the Wii. One thing, like Poison said earlier on about how the elderly people are starting to play the Wii, and then he mentioned something about like an elderly lady starting to get into Guitar Hero or something like that. Yep. Um, it's actually true. The Wii was not really meant for like, the middle group. It was meant for just little children or the elderly group because it's too easy to play as well. And like you said a couple of shows back that the Wii is even starting to make games where they play themselves as well. So, like, even with the motion controllers, it was a great idea, but that also made gaming easier. In the chat room, people were saying that the motion controllers thought it was hard to play, but I found it easier to play the games. Like, seriously, you can be, like, anything with it, even the, like, the rail shooters and all. Well, you know what it is. I think that the the like and and you would like you were saying, you know, the Wii, it, it's dumbing itself down to the point of ridiculousness, and they really need to come back and just start continue making fun games. Exactly, and then also I noticed it's becoming more just in like an educational type system with like all these. Well, besides the Wii Fit and, like, the Wii Sports and all that, like, I'm talking about, like, there, isn't there, like, some math games, the Brain Age, stuff like the DS has? Like, it's just an educational thing. Well, you know what it is? I, I see them going that route. You know what's happening? 
the more that Nintendo sees that the Wii is used in a, you know, like they're starting to use it for physical therapy, they're starting to use it for rehabilitation, um, they're starting to use it um, in terms of allowing people who have had injuries to start regaining motion. They're starting to use the Wii as a therapeutic aid, which is really cool to see, and it's a, it's a, great, it's a great step forward for video games. I agree, you know, if the Wii is being marketed towards the casual gamer, towards the, you know, towards the younger gamer, that you definitely want to throw the occasional educational game in there. And not only that, but why not use the, the, the first-party characters you own? You know, why not have, like, Mario flashcards or you know, Sonic's fucking see-and-say spelling or whatever kind of shit. I think it would definitely be successful. True. And one thing, Nisi just pointed something out good on the chat room. She said that the Wii is basically a GameCube 2.0. It really didn't advance as much as it was supposed to. She is right. She, she, she makes a valid point. I definitely agree with that. You know what it is? They really had to rush out of the gate with something. And... The graphics on the Wii are definitely GameCube level. I mean, the system only does 480p. It's not a high-def system by any means. But the way the system was generated and it was made, you know, it's like, the, it's like the GameCube. You look at the GameCube, it's a cute little box. It has a fucking handle, for God's sakes. You know, you look at the Wii, it's a cute, tiny little white box. You can put it in a little book bag. You can take it with you. You know, they really, they really pushed it for the casual gamer. Exactly. Even Nintendo made a smart move with changing the name. It's actually a good thing they never kept Nintendo Revolution because they wouldn't have made sales there. Revolution would mean bringing out new stuff, bringing out something yep. good for the people. But they went with we, and of course we meaning like plural people, so it's more yep. a party thing. Well, that you know, it's funny because I had totally forgot about that Waffles. You get the fucking gold star tonight for that because I totally forgot that it was going to be called Project Revolution. I appreciate that. Nice work. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, Anything just, else, my friend? No, that, that's basically it. Uh, that's all my my two cents for it as we as well. There you go. All, all right, right, brother. Well, thanks for the call. No problem. You have a good one. All right, man. Peace. Peace. All right. Let's. Uh, good call from Waffles. Good call from Poison. Just good call from Slick. Let's get into the rest of these news. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wii has reached a very, very important milestone. I'll tell you why. The numbers keep getting more impressive for Super Mario Brothers Wii as it was announced today that the sales of the game have surpassed those of its 3D predecessor, Super Mario Galaxy. According to the MPD's life-to-date numbers, Super Mario Galaxy sold 4.1 million copies to date. It is, widely, it is widely considered to be the best game on the Wii. I own that game. That game is badass since its 2007 release. New Super Mario Bros. Wii has sold 4.2 million copies in under two months. You know, it's ridiculous that a game that just came out that's old, it's basically a rehash of the older Mario games, is more successful than their critically acclaimed, technologically superior brethren. It is ridiculous. And it just shows that Mario sells in all incarnations. And this new gameplay format for the new Super Mario Brothers Wii, I'm going to see this being probably used in a lot of Mario games going forward. So definitely something really cool. And kudos to the new Super Mario Brothers for 
reaching that milestone. It's been a great game. I've played it before. You know, I, I, I play it with my wife, for, you know, once in a while. Um, myself, Slick, and my wife tested it, and we all enjoyed it. It's a fantastic game. You know, it's just, it's just a great escape from some of the more detail heavy and more brain-draining games that are out there. So definitely, congrats, new Super Mario Bros. Wii, for actually uh, making a big dent in your little place in video game history. For those of you that have Borderlands, which I'm more than sure a lot of you do and you love greatly, a lot of crazy stuff happening. Take-Two announced that Borderlands has officially sold 2 million copies worldwide, thus making it a bestseller. Um, They also... Uh, Gearbox took the opportunity to announce that the next downloadable content will feature a raised level cap. The cap, which is currently set at 50, is something that a lot of players have been asking to be raised. The new downloadable content is uh, going to raise the level above 50. That will be uh, coming out. They're also going to feature more Scooter, who's the foul mouth mechanic. And... uh, Last but not least, to close it out, the Final Fantasy 1 and 2 will be available in the Apple Apple Store to be played on the iPhone. So those of you that are fans of Final Fantasy, definitely something worth checking out, especially because they're being ported from the PSP version. And before I get into the uh, movies for this week, definitely want to give a shout-out to Elle Clark. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, pale-faced white woman. Congratulations. Uh, may you have many more birthdays. And uh, myself and the rest of the My Take Radio crew are wishing her a happy birthday. She is in the chat. So if you're in there, folks, take an opportunity and wish uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost a happy birthday. With that being said, let's get into some movie news. Off the bat, a little bit of sequel talk. Uh, the Road Warrior a.k.a. Mad Max, the sequel, which is going to be called Mad Max 4 Fury Road, of course is going to be filmed in 3D, which is the new trend. But they're also saying that it's going to be live action and CGI animation, but that Mel Gibson will not be involved. Uh, The film is going to be directed by George Miller, who directed Happy Feet. How are you going to get the guy that does Happy Feet to do Mad Max? It's ridiculous. And uh, Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy from Black Hawk Down are going to be in it. A um, little bit of movie news. Of course, it wouldn't be a movie segment without some Avatar talk. Um, James Cameron's Avatar is now the all-time record holder for IMAX ticket sales, with $101.3 million worldwide. That pushes it past the original record holder, which was the Polar Express. Now, of course... Wouldn't be complete without a little bit of um, Transformers news, and I'm more than sure that Slick is chomping at the bit for this. Uh, the LA Times reported that Michael Bay said the following regarding the next Transformers installment. Uh, he said, although the number of robots increased significantly from the first film for the second, the third film, which will hit theaters in summer of 2011, won't be as robot-heavy, and there will be fewer explosions a tight-lipped bass said before the Q&A. There will be a nice crescendo ending. It gets much more into the robot character. The last time you kind of met a few of the robots, this time you're going to get much, a much cooler landscape. So, not for nothing, you're going to do a movie about robots that transform, and you're going to have 
Less robots? Let me get this straight. Third movie, robots, but not as many. The fuck is that? Way to go. It's like, in the second movie, you threw 17,000 robots in it. Half of them, we didn't even know who they were, unless we went and looked at the packaging for the toys. And yet, for the third one, you're going to have less robots. I swear, Michael Bay is either drinking some really heavy alcohol, or he is using some serious drugs. That makes zero sense. Nonetheless, uh, for those of you stoked about the Green Lantern movie, Martin Campbell said that Jackie Earl Haley will not be playing Sinestro, which is a bummer. Uh, he calls those rumors trash and went on to say this. The Jackie Earl Haley thing, somebody told me about it this morning. I had never heard it before in my life. Instead, Campbell is interested in Mark Strong, who played Lord Blackwood and Sherlock Holmes for the part. And Strong is in talks now. Campbell had the following to say. Not only is he a wonderful actor, but he looks like Sinestro. If you look up old pictures of Sinestro, he looks very much like him. He does have a point. Campbell was also in a sharing mood and gave us a little bit of character info. He said uh, Kilowog is going to be included, Tomar Ray is going to be included, Sinestro and Abin Sir, which are pretty much all the origin characters. Carol Ferris, who of course is being played by the uh, porcelain doll herself, Blake Lively. And it's going to be a complex, quote-unquote, Green Lantern origin space adventure. So, yeah. I mean, the casting sounds good. Martin Campbell did a great job. He did GoldenEye. I'm more than sure he's going to tell a fantastic story. I'm just concerned with the whole origin story of Green Lantern because, not for nothing, he's boring. You know, he's all right. But, eh. Not, you know, you've got to do something cooler than that. And, of course, some more Avatar news. Let's talk about this week's box office totals. Avatar once again took the top spot this weekend. It earned $41.3 million. In five weeks, it's made 491.7. The film has had the highest theater average in the top ten, making $12,572 per theater. Avatar right now sits number three all time as far as domestic gross behind The Dark Knight and Titanic. On the all-time worldwide list, Avatar is back to number two, closing in on Titanic, which made $1.8 billion. Avatar is $1.6 billion. I see Avatar breaking this record probably by the end of March, if not sooner. Number two this week was The Book of Eli. It earned $31.6 million. The Lovely Bones was number three. Alvin and the Chipmunks was number four. The film has made $192.5 million. Had a budget of $75 million. I call that successful. What do you think? Sherlock Holmes is still in the top spots, three spots down to number five. It's made $180 million, doubling its $90 million budget. The Spy Next Door, or as I like to call it, The Fail Next Door, Debuted number six, earned $9.7 million. It's Complicated was number seven. Leap Year, which I don't even know why that movie was even made, earned 5.8 at number eight. The Blind Side was number nine. And Up in the Air was number ten. Moving on, uh, Variety reported that Clark Gregg is set to play Agent Coulson. Uh, he was the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in Iron Man. He's also going to be in Thor. 
Uh, Kenneth Branagh also mentioned that Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury will be making multiple appearances in the film. Of course, this continues to lend validity to the fact that the Avengers movie is slowly, slowly, slowly taking shape. And of course, with the success of Avatar, it was only a matter of time before our buddy George Lucas decided to say that you will be getting Star Wars in 3D. He said the following, I'm happy that Avatar is so successful and worked very well in 3D. I haven't been a big fan, but that movie definitely improves in the field of 3D. We've been looking for years and years and years to try and make Star Wars and put it in 3D, but the technology hasn't been there. We've been struggling with it, but I think that will be a new impetus to make it happen. So with that being said, I wouldn't even doubt that there will be a Star Wars 3D within the next five years. So with that said, the nice big uh, Spider-Man 4 news for this week is the following. Sony and Marvel released a press release this week, which I read, that has confirmed that Mark Webb, the director of 500 Days of Summer, will be the director of the rebooted Spider-Man franchise. Producers Avi Arad and Laura Ziskin had this to say. Over the years, the Spider-Man comics have been told with bold and creative new writers and artists who have recalibrated the way audiences see Peter Parker. Mark Webb will do it for the new direction of the films, and he will do what so many visionary storytellers have done with the comic books. He is an incredibly talented filmmaker, and we look forward to working closely with him on his new adventure. Webb called the opportunity a dream come true, and said Raimi's version was a humbling precedent to follow and build upon. Sony Pictures co-chairman Amy Pisak said, they wanted someone who could capture the awe of being in Peter's shoes so the audience would experience his sense of discovery while giving real heart to the emotion, anxiety, and recklessness of that age and the coupling of all that with the adrenaline of Spider-Man. So basically, it's Saved by the Bell Spider-Man. That's what that is. When they're talking about teen angst, and being a superhero, it's saved by the bell Spider-Man. Before I go on my rant and lose what little of my voice I have left, let's take a call. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's up? It's Rob, also known as Dark Helmet. What's up, BH? What's going on? Well, of course I was going to call in on the Spider-Man thing, because it's just been so much ridiculous lately. Well, what do you got, my friend? What do you got to share? A solution to the whole thing that we've been, uh, you've been saying, how you're like, oh, God, not another origin flick. Oh, God, not another origin flick. And Let's hear simple. it. What do you got? It's as simple as what you saw in The Incredible Hulk, if you saw it. Do the entire origin in the opening credits in less than five minutes. No in a flashback. Speaking. Yeah, pretty much. No speaking, just quick five to ten second cuts. Show him getting bitten. Show all the events. Show him falling for MJ. Show him well, going to vessel. Show Uncle Ben get shot. Everything. All do that all in less during the opening credits, and then boom, Spider-Man's established. You can do whatever you want from there. Right. And you know what? That would be fantastic if this was the first rodeo involving Spider-Man. And I agree. That is a great solution. But you gotta remember, this is saved by the Bell Spider-Man. This is tween Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man with acne and zits. So, you know, you've got to throw in all that reckless teenage humor that comes with teen angst films. So, basically, it's going to be, oh, my God, I'm late to class. 
Let me swing up through this window into this hallway upstairs and get into class. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody chuckles. You know, there's going to be a lot of that. I definitely see there being, you know, a lot of, you know, prepubescent teen issues with him gaining these powers and all this shit and him wanting to be reckless. It's going to be a giant fucking ABC after school special with a superhero. It really is, dude, because this whole teen Spider-Man shit, it's like, you just basically tell us you're doing Ultimate Spider-Man. Just tell me that. And, and, you know, at least if you call the new movie Ultimate Spider-Man, then people will be like, oh, yeah, this is based on that Ultimate shit. And people won't be so hard-pressed to shit on it. Mm-hmm. I have to shit on it because you take away, you know, Raimi was doing a good job. Yeah, Tobey Maguire's an emo douche. But you know what? Fuck him. I would have yanked Tobey Maguire's narrow ass out of that movie and thrown Jake Gyllenhaal in there. You could interchange those two fuckers anyway. And that would have been it. Jake would have been a better Spider-Man anyway. I mean, honestly, let, let you know, let with, with you of, on the phone, let me ask you. Do you have any interest now with what you've heard in another Spider-Man movie? No. There you go. Uh, yeah, just no. Mudkip said Zach Efron should play Peter Parker. Yeah, if Spider-Man is a fucking musical. <laughs> well, but you know what? Cast. You know what? I, I, I retract that. Mudkips has a point. Why the fuck can't Zac Efron be Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, because he doesn't look like a fucking nerd. That's why. That's... A little bit of makeup glasses, problem solved. I guess. I'm telling you, it should be McLove. <laughs> that would be best. But there you... I mean, you know, it's sad to say that I have zero interest in, in the Spider-Man franchise until I see, like, a trailer or I start seeing some photos or something and I start hearing who's being cast. As of right now, fail fest. It should be fucking fail man instead of Spider-Man. Spider-Boy. Really I tell you. Anything else you got to add, my friend? That was the main thing I wanted to go ahead and just put out there. I think uh, Slick is on the on the line. Yeah, I see a couple of calls in. All right, man. All right, DH. Thanks for the call. Yeah, totally. Peace. Peace. All right. Of course, we start talking Spider-Man 4. Lines get lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Let's hear it, folks. What do you got? Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, man? It's me, O'Malley. What's O'Malley, what's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. I uh, just want to touch on Transformers and Spider-Man a little bit. You got it, man. I, what do you got for me? I I really don't see this ending very well for Michael <laughs> Bay. I mean, I, I could already see this as, like, another version of, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where they, like, went door-to-door and just beat the shit out of people. That would be hilarious. And you know who it should be? It should be Slick and Ant just going door-to-door pummeling people about Transformers. Yes. Because really I can sure. already see a whole lot of pissed off fanboys, you know, not not wrong with that, uh, knocking on his door and be like, are you Michael Bay? Yeah. And just going to fucking work on him. Yeah, I mean, don't you think it's a little weird that you went through all this trouble to establish all these awesome, quote-unquote, awesome 
Autobot and Decepticon characters to take a step backward and include less robots. Yeah, I mean, weird. Yeah, I mean, Transformers about robots blowing shit up. How are you going to have a Transformers movie with less robots and more horseshit? I mean, honestly. There were rumors that it was going to take place on Cybertron. And if that was the case, how is it going to be on Cybertron with less goddamn robots? Uh, I don't know. Nuke? <laughs> I mean, I'm right? sure they'll put, like, some bullshit reason in there. That makes no sense, man. It's insane. Well, I mean, it's it's fucking Michael Bay. Of course it doesn't make any sense. He should have just stayed with the first one and leave it at that. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. The second one, whatever, Robot Heaven, we could talk about that, and a ton of other shit that fucked up that movie. But you know what it is? You went through the trouble of introducing all these robots. You know, Sideswipe, you know, all, fucking Ravage, when? all these all these dudes. And now you're just like, yeah, we're going to just go less is more. How about establishing the ones from the second one, the ones that aren't dead, and putting them in the third one? Is that really that hard? Well, apparently it is. There you go. Um, As far as the new Spider-Man movie, they just need to fucking stop. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, unless they're in the Dan comic books and actually doing their homework, they just need to quit. Yep. They really should. If they're going to go with Ultimate Spider-Man, just don't, don't beat around the bush and go, the next Spider-Man movie is going to be called Ultimate Spider-Man. That's it. That way people will be like, phew, all right, this 500 Days of Summer guy will work. You know, but don't just be like, oh, yeah. we're going to reboot Spider-Man and he's going to direct it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when I heard about that, I pretty much felt like my head was going to explode. I'm sorry, dude. I hate every week having to come in here and just be like, oh, it gets better. But, dude, it, 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 the shit writes itself. It writes yeah. itself. Well, I mean, I didn't mean like Aaron for you. I'm like, I read a little bit also. I was like, what the? Oh, God, this is not going to be good. No. Oh, but don't worry. The, the last bit of news is going to involve Conan, so I'm sure you're going to love that. Uh, let's hope. Uh, there you go. All right, O'Malley. All right, thanks, bro. Yeah, Take thanks for easy. the call. Peace. Ain't no problem. Wait. All right. I got two calls in here. I see Slick is, has his little hand raised. I really wish I could paint his little hand black. That would be awesome. Anyway. Sir, what do you got? Oh, I have buckets and buckets. Buckets of fried chicken and rage. Breathe. What do you got, my friend? I have the answer to all my rage. What is that? To solve the problem of my childhood being raped and then fucking up Transformers and then fucking up Spider-Man. Don't let this 500 Days of Dildos guy direct the show. Give it to Michael Bay. <laughs> let Michael Bay direct Spider-Man. Let Michael Bay direct Transformers. Because then he can finally get the comic right and fuck it up and still make people happy. Because instead of doing a Transformers movie or a Spider-Man movie, he can do Spider-Man versus Transformers like the oh, comic. God. I got and an idea. Fuck it up. 
Yeah, I got an idea why, too. Why not just make just like why not just make Martin Lawrence play Spider Man? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's gonna pull a Tarantino. Oh, Let Michael Bay play Spider Man. And you make the movie just like Godzilla vs. Bambi. It's about 60 seconds long. You see Spider-Man swinging, and all of a sudden Megatron steps on him. See him. Yeah. Well, you got to look at it like this. Do you honestly think, and this is what I had said to O'Malley, if they just went ahead and said, hey, man, we're going to base this on Ultimate Spider-Man, I can see this guy being a fit then, because you know what the source material is. Because you've got to look at it like this. The fan, the fan base is going to go, oh, it's being based on Ultimate Spider-Man and the sales of those books will go up and people will start learning and researching and you get a more educated viewer that won't be so annoyed that you're rehashing the same origin. Well, I said last week that he's a bit based on Ultimate Spider-Man. There you go. But, but honestly, why not just go that route, you know? Because anything that, that makes, would, anything that makes anything that makes sense is the farthest thing from what they should ever do in freaking Hollywood. But the only reboot I've seen that looks halfway decent is the Wolfman. But yeah, but you know what it is? The Wolfman. Here's the thing with with horror movie reboots. Horror movie reboots can be reinterpreted because those characters, the overall core of the story is there. They'll either tweak the origin a little bit. It's like, look, we're going to remake Halloween. What is Halloween, basically? Fucked up kid, kills his sister, puts on Shatner mask, cuts people up. End of movie. Rob Zombie said, okay, let's add a little bit more backstory to said fucked up kid. Let's add a little bit more gruesomeness to said William Shatner mask. Let's add a little bit more of a gruesome death scene, and here is your brand new Halloween remake. You know... Horror movies, to me, remakes, don't bother me a lot. And the reason is, yeah, they're usually shitty, but horror movies genuinely have the, 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 uh, the, fuck, they have the image of being shitty. You know what I'm saying? When you watch a horror movie, you're going to either say it's really okay or it's really shit. See, when you look at movies based on, on, on products that are, that are tried and true, it's like if I woke up tomorrow and said, I'm going to remake Lord of the Rings, and I'm going to cast all the characters with people from the Jersey Shore. (laughs) But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. As a person who's seen that movie and who's read the books and knows the mythology, you're going to go, are you fucking out of your mind? And that's what happens. Nobody goes to these studios and says, yo, you guys are fucking crazy. Like, you know, like, I guess that's, that's what happened with Spider-Man 4. It was finally somebody went to the studio or somebody was like, yo, you, we can't make this shit. It's not going to work. Yeah, well, I bet you they're going to fuck up the Wolfman because when you shoot him with a silver bullet, he'll probably just sparkle. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. All right, dude, anything else you want to add? No, after I got that off my chest, I feel, I feel like, no, I feel dead. There you go. All right, dude. All right, man, I'll talk to you later. Later. Caller, you're on the air.
Hey, what's up, man? It's uh, Poison again. I, I mean, seriously, Spider-Man. I mean, they wasted so much time trying to come up with a fourth one. I, yeah, just for shits and giggles, I would just put The Rock as Spider-Man and Jack Black as a villain, and I'd actually watch that just, just <laughs> for fun. I mean, you, seriously, you got Rock with his nice uh, little tutu from the Tooth Fairy movie. That's oh, it. God. I'd be set. Give me a bucket of popcorn. I'd be set. <laughs> but dude, it, don't. I mean, you know, we, we all joke about this, but you know what? It, what, what the funny thing is with with these movies, they they actually expect hardcore fans to accept it and go pay money. You know, it's very disturbing and it annoys me that they just don't take the time to just be like. Hey, let's run this by a couple of, of test audiences. Let's run this by some of the guys that draw comics at Marvel. Hey, guys, would you guys watch this? We have this no, idea. Whatever happened to quality control? No, but, I mean, they, they ruined it after, you know, towards the ending of, of 3. I mean, 3 was good. I'm not going to lie. Like, the beginning, I was like, all right, all right, I see how this is going. But the end with, you know, the whole Sandman and everything, I felt like they should have started putting the music in the background as, why can't we be friends? That would have been perfect. You know, it's yeah, like well. you should have <laughs> a little song, a dance, and that's it. You know, that that's pretty much what it was. I was like, all right, they're, they're, they're totally screwing this up, and they're doing it quick. And I'd figure, you know, with all the time that's elapsed between that movie and this one that's coming out, I really, really, really hope that they pick up, you know, you know, the game again. But as as with these directors and everything... I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And it's not fair because it shatters everybody's childhood heroes. Yep. You know, hey, and I, not I only that, Spider-Man. <laughs> well, you got to look at it like this. You're, Spider-Man is your, your marquee franchise. He's your, number one, he's your number one dude. When you think Marvel, the first logo you, you see, especially growing up back in the days, was that M after the cartoons and Spider-Man crouched on top of it. That's the way yeah. it always is. And, you know, you're taking a flagship character and really just phoning it in. He should be the dude that you have to apply the most attention to. You know, it's really a, a shame that, they, that John Favreau, who's doing Iron Man, and the cast that's involved in Iron Man are more educated about their characters than the cast of Spider-Man ever were. Well, I mean, I'm more than sure they read books for research, but I really feel that they're just not... They, they had no connection to the character in terms of storyline. You gotta realize, like the seriousness that they put into Iron Man. I mean, it, you know, the like you were saying before, since you know uh, Spider-Man, you know, the whole teenage thing, acne, so on and so forth. You know, they they play it out so much that it's like, all right, enough with the bullshit. You know, let's let's get to you know a good storyline. Let's get to the action. You know, let, let's put some you know good villains on there that you read in comic books. But no, it's like you know they they fantasize about this little what Spider-Man should be now, and, and they destroy the character. You know, if, if you're not going to make the movie right, if you're not going to portray, you know, the comics and everything like that, don't bother. Don't waste your time and money. Because that's all it is. I agree. That, that, that's all it's going to be in the end. It's just going to be a hunk of crap. Yeah, they're well. going to be they're, they're gonna be out of so much money and pretty much embarrassing themselves in, in making a movie like that. Oh, yeah, I agree, dude. I think it's, it's definitely a recipe for disaster. But you know what? When we start getting some more casting news and we start seeing who else is involved and it starts taking shape, I really hope that it, it turns the corner and it becomes something that, that Spider-Man fans will be satisfied with. But I don't know, we'll see man. what they're, happens. They're flopping, but, yeah, like, like you said, yeah, definitely. I hope they definitely pick up the, uh, you know, 
where, where they left off. You know, if, if they should have done better after the second one, they sh- they should have, uh, you know, taken the next approach and it's like, all right, we we got something big, let's go bigger. And they didn't do that. They're like, all right, you know, they 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 were taking uh, the easy route. They felt way too comfortable. And you know what happened after that was, you know, utter crap. You know, it didn't sell as much as you know the first and second one. And so it's I don't know. We'll see what happens, dude. Definitely, man. All right, man. All right, uh, Thanks later. for the call. Yep. Peace. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, there. Um, yeah, what's up? Sorry, my phone was acting up. I got a valid point here. A lot of people don't realize the fact that the reason why they're taking out a lot from the movies is because parents complain that there's too much violence in the video games and movies. Okay. And they're afraid that their kids are going to grow up acting like that. Yeah, but how... That's why uh, they're demolishing everything. Well, that's a valid point, but where where does the quality of the movie take a backseat to parents not wanting any violence? Not for nothing... In in relation to to Spider-Man, at least, that motherfucker's not a... that his comics aren't the wor- the most violent shit ever. It's not like The Punisher. It's not like a lot of these other books. It's a it's a very safe book that translates into the screen. The only problem is that motherfuckers just don't know how to write it appropriately. It's like you guys, all you have to do is go to the store and buy the books. The stories write themselves. That's very much true. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the youngins, quote unquote, today. That's the whole problem. So what they're doing is. The first movie or whatever it is that they come out with, yeah, they're throwing it's bombs the and everything else movie, in it. Yeah. Exactly. But now when it comes down to the second part and everything else, that's when they start ruining it. Yeah, it is true. I, I'm more than sure that this new uh, teen sensation Spider-Man is going to have his own little cartoon and all this marketing behind it because it's going to be for that demographic. You do have a point in regards to that. They're probably going with that route because they're tired of all us old fuckers complaining. Exactly. They can't let anything be the way it is. I mean, most most video games, most movies, yeah, they're meant to be violent. Look at the horror movies. They're no longer the same. They're not scary. Half the time you just laugh at them. Yeah, I've seen a lot of PG-13 horror flicks lately, and it's very disturbing. I mean, and the you sad part is they actually came out with a rating for what yeah, you know, I know. people shouldn't watch and everything else. But the parents don't even look at that. They're going to buy their kid a game or a movie to shut them up. Then when they see how violent it is, they don't want their kid to have that. And then they start complaining. That is true. You have a point. So basically, they're just ruining everything for the younger youth. Well, we'll see what happens. I think that the the parents, you know, the parents are definitely influencing this. And I think them going younger is because they want to take all the the, the young people's money and the parents' money. That's true, but see, what the parents aren't also realizing is when they were young, they also had violent stuff out, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Half of the shit you saw on TV back then when when I was growing up and even further back than that, half of that shit you can't show now. Exactly. It's sad because nowadays all you hear is basically the TV. It's nothing but sex and everything else. That's okay to show, but yet you can't show any type of violence if you really think about it. Today, it's basically true. nothing but sex and drugs and everything else. 
and who's putting their ass on who. But yet you can't show a decent movie. You can't keep it the way the comics first made it to be. Yeah, well, that that's their out. That's the way that they're going to say it. They're going to be like, well, you know, we had to go this route and blah, blah, blah. That's the, that's the excuse. It is, you know, it, it is what it is, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to beat on it until I, I, I see a little bit more. It's just that so far, I don't like what I see. Every comic, they're basically ruining slowly. And it's really, is, it's, it's getting pathetic now. It's to the <laughs> point where I don't even want to watch any type of movie or anything from that. I'd rather just read the comics or whatever all over again. That is true. You are, like you are a fan of that. <laughs> exactly. Like the Ninja Turtles, for instance. That was amazing back in the day. Now it's crap. They made yeah, it garbage well. now. Oh, they want that. They want that kid money. That's all they exactly. want. Exactly. But yet they're basically knocking out the other people who are fans. They're forgetting all about them. Oh no, because you know it's it's easy to get the easy sell. You know the parents are easy targets. That's true, but also they're just they're just ruining everything in plain English. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of issues. pathetic. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you have parent issues. All right. I have everything issues. You should know that by now. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, thank you for the first call. You're welcome. All right. All right. Bye. Oh, we got more hands raised. I've seen 303's been holding for a minute and 239 also. Let's see who we got on first. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Rich, this is Dave. How are you? Hey, Dave. What's going on? How are things in Denver? Uh, it's pretty cold, pretty cloudy. We're expecting some snow in the next couple of days, I think. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a little chilly. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk talk a little bit about your last caller, and then I'd like to switch gears to uh, MMA, if you don't mind. Yeah, by all means. Go ahead, man. So my first comment from the last caller was is about the sex and violence. I was at a GameStop a few months ago, and there was this child with his mother, and the mother wouldn't let him get a game. I think it was Mass Effect, because the description of the game had uh, both sex and violence, sexual innuendo and violence. And she okay. told him, and I, I was sitting right next to him, and she was describing, she, well, she was saying to the child that she didn't mind the sexual innu innuendo, but she did mind the violence. She, she wasn't going to get him the game because of the violence. She did, but she didn't mind about the sexual innuendo. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and, and my and my question to switch gears from the movies is K one. I've been watching HDNet quite often, and they've been showing Great channel. a lot of right, and they've been show, showing a lot of uh, uh, K one. And yeah. I'd like to know your take on on K one. I, I I haven't heard you talk about it a whole lot. Well, I'll tell you why. I, I had HDNet, and the assholes at Time Warner conveniently took that from me because of a fallout they had with uh, with Mark Cuban. And as such, they took away HDNet, and I can't watch Inside MMA. I can't watch all the stuff that's pivotal to the uh, to MMA in, in regards to some of the other promotions. K1 overall has brought forth a lot of great fighters. Um, you know, they mostly do a lot of kickboxing, and they're starting to add a couple of... MMA fights in there, but K1, the organization, is a great organization. I mean, there are times when I get worried about the, um, you know, the freak show aspect of it, 
but I think it's a solid organization right up there with, with Bellator, right up there with Strike Force, right up there with Cage Rage. You know, they they have had some great fighters come out of there. I'm definitely glad that they're showing a lot of K1 stuff. And, you know, if you get a chance, check out Dream. Sometimes they give Dream the Dream Grand Prix on HDNet. The, you know, just great promotions that have some fighters, man, that, you know, we definitely need to see on our shores. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Did you like what you saw? I mean, did you oh, feel yes, it was different? It. They, oh, yes. I thought it was much different than uh, WEC or, or, or any type of MMA that, I, that I've seen. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, that into martial arts at all, but what I see, I like, and those guys are solidly built, and they can take a hit. Oh, my gosh. I was watching the, the last one they had last, last week, and they had uh, uh, some Muay Thai fighters, and they were just pounding each other in the face, pounding and pounding, and I couldn't believe how they were both still standing. Well, you know what's funny? K-1, the, the, the regulations and the strikes, if you notice, there are a lot of strikes that are allowed that, you know, in, in normal UFC fights, they're, not to say that they're controlled, but these guys go full steam because Japan enjoys that type of, of, a, of a violent atmosphere. They like the freak show fights. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. There you go. I have, a, I have another question about the Muay Thai fighters, and you may not know the answer to this, but that, that headband that they wear, what is that for? Uh, that's part of a uh, Muay Thai ceremonial garb. I don't have the, the true significance in front of me. Usually they wear the band on their head, and sometimes they wear it on their elbows. It's, it's a ceremonial dress. Okay. I'll look it up then. Thank you. There you go. Sorry, I couldn't give you more info on that. No, that's okay. I'll look it up. All right, Dave. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. And hey, thanks no for listening every week. I, I see you in there, man, every week. <laughs> hey, no problem. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. Take care. All right, we got 239, which I believe is Brian. Let's see if it works. You're on the air. Hey, man, what's up? What's going on? What's going on, dude? What do you got? Nothing much. Uh, I'm just uh, going to switch it back to movies. Yeah, cool. dude. All right, you guys are talking about all the remakes and shit that they're coming out with. It's really starting to piss me the fuck off. <laughs> you like, and me both and probably half of the chat. They're remaking Spider-Man. They're remaking fucking all these horror movies, Halloween. They're coming out with a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And it's just really starting to piss me off. And I was talking to some guys at work. Like, everyone knows that I work in a movie theater. You know, right? So we talk about movies all the time. And we were talking about the new Karate Kid movie coming out. We were just raging all over it. Oh, yeah. Did you see the trailer on the site that I put up for it and the explanation oh, I had? No, I don't think I caught that one, but I did see the uh, trailer on YouTube, and it just looked horrible. All right. Before you go into, the, into that, think of the logistics in this. And, and I mentioned this to a few people. Karate is a fighting style from Japan. The movie takes place in China. Jackie Chan is Chinese. Mr. Miyagi was Japanese. And where does karate have anything to do with this movie? Shouldn't it have been called The Kung Fu Kid? It should have, but <laughs> it, it, just try, I think they're just trying to milk the name. I, that, that's really all it is, I think. Fucked up, because, isn't it, right? Because it, it, it's following the storyline of the, of the original Karate Kid almost, except for they kind of flipped it a little bit. 
Yep. Like instead of instead of going from like East Coast to West Coast, he's going from United States to China, and it just it seems like it. They're they're just trying to milk the name a little bit, and I just I'm getting really mad about all these movies that are coming out with just a remake, and it's really starting to piss me the hell off. It is unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, and pretty soon they're going to be coming out with like just stuff that they shouldn't remake. Like I know they're coming out with uh, a Footloose movie. Yeah, Zac Efron was supposed musical. to be in it. Yeah, Zac Efron was supposed to be a musical. To that doesn't make any sense at all. No. Well, you know what's funny? They were there was a rumor that they were going to remake Ferris Bueller's Day Off. How are you remaking that movie? It's impossible to capture that the magic that that cast had and the humor in that movie. It, it, exactly. It's, it's impossible. That's not, and I know that like this is going to be way out there, but I have a feeling one of these days they're going to remake Back to the Future, and it's just going to be like a car commercial, like the first Transformers. I wouldn't doubt was. it. It's nope, just going to be like I the first Transformers. Like, the original Back to the Future took a car that they stopped making and just made it into something that was completely different from what it was, like, imaged to be. Yep. And I just I just believe if they were to remake that movie or any other movie, because I think it's just going to be all about the advertising. It always is. All movies are built on revenue. I saw something very amusing, and, and this is totally kind of off-topic. I watched, I tend to watch the Food Network. And there was a dude there, this guy, Anthony Bourdain, and he bought some food, and he goes, oh, I'll pay for that. And the camera zooms in to a Chase Sapphire credit card, which they show commercials for. And I that's bet, the kind of I, shit that, I that's going to happen. the commercial was a Chase commercial. Yep, right after, during the commercial break. Fucking horrible. But that's what, you're right. You're right. It's going to be, if they did a Back to the Future remake, They'll use some hokey new car, and they'll probably, they'll, use do that. Like, they'll probably do like a Camaro or a Dodge Challenger or something, and just make sure the yep. emblems are shined up just nice enough. Yep, you're right. And, and it's unfortunate because it just continues to lend validity to the fact that there's no originality in Hollywood. And um, to switch gears a little bit further, I know that you were watching TNA before you called in. All I have yeah. to say without spoiling it, all I have to ask you is, how bad was that shit? It was okay <laughs> until probably about the last half, and then the very end was just total shit. There you go. That's all and I, I know, needed to I, see. I know that Dark Helmet watched it too, and he he didn't like it very much either. There you it go. was just it was bad. Yeah, well, that that's what that's what people wanted. People wanted Hogan. That's what they're getting. Yeah, but you would think Hogan would be able to come up with something. Original, for one. Yuck. No, not so far. I mean, there's, from, you know, there there have been some spoilers posted about the next few episodes of Impact, and it seems to be kind of picking up steam, but they're not really selling me, dude. Like, they're not making me order pay-per-views with this shit. Yeah, and as soon as I turned it on, I didn't get to watch Genesis, but my friend told me that they went back to the four-sided ring. And as yep, soon as they I went... turned it on... As soon as I turned it on, it looked like a throwback WCW set with the four yep, sides and ramp. the ramp going straight to the apron. It looked horrible, and I was, I was, I really want them to go back to the six sides. The six sides made them different, man. They, there was there was innovation there. You know what it is? It's just that the nasty boys would get confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're gonna confuse the nasty boys. You're gonna confuse, you know, Scott Hall. What is this AO? 
Why does this ring no, have six sides? No, why does this have two extra sides, Chico? That's it. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, but I figured I'd get your, your spin on that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was bad, bro. All right, man. Thanks for the call, brother. All right, man, no problem. Peace. All right. And moving on to close out the movie news for this week, uh, Paranormal Activity. You loved it. You hated it. Well, guess what? Paranormal Activity 2, being directed by the guy that did Saw. Uh, Paranormal Activity 2 is set to release October 22nd, 2010, which will be competing against Saw 7. That's right, Saw 7 and Paranormal Activity 2. But it gets better. Saw 7 is in 3D. Woohoo! So yeah, 3D, magic buzzword. And of course, wouldn't be complete without two last news bits. Clash of the Titans. You've seen the trailer. You've heard about it. Guess what? Might be in 3D. They're going to screen some 3D scenes next week, and they're going to decide if they're going to go forward with uh, 3D special effects on Clash of the Titans. So there you go. And our last bit of news, Conan the Barbarian. We discussed it at length last week. It's been discussed in the My Take Radio forums. Uh, Deadline Hollywood Daily says that Jason Momoa from Stargate Atlantis has been chosen for the lead role in Conan. And according to that, in addition, Latino Film Review is saying that Mickey Rourke has been offered the role of Conan's father, Corin. Production for the movie set to start March 15th in Bulgaria. So how's that? Mickey Rourke is Conan's pops, and Jason Momoa, for those of you that want to Google him up, his last name is spelled M-O-M-O-A. He was in Stargate Atlantis. He's going to be playing Conan. You know, I don't mind this, this, this you know, but you've got to take into account, Conan has a commanding physical presence. Any dude you pick needs to live in the fucking gym. Period. Definitely something that, you know, has to be put into perspective. And people don't, don't you know, they don't keep that in mind. Conan is a very physically imposing character. I mean, you can look at the Schwarzenegger flicks and base it on that, but if you look at the Conan comics, you'll see that he was just a brute of a dude. He was an uneducated warrior who lived by his own code of honor, just had a look about him that you saw the dude, and he was the dude that you'd go, that guy will fuck you up. That's what you have to visualize when you think Conan. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, metrosexual pretty boys that they were originally thinking of casting just aren't going to work. There were rumors that Triple H was going to do it. There were rumors that the guy who played the Terminator in Arnold was going to do it. Fuck, there were rumors that The Rock was going to play Conan. You know, I understand you want to go with a, with a more unknown character, and you want to probably save some money on budget, but please, the money you save on budget, apply it to the motherfucker going to the gym so that he looks se- semi-believable in a role as one of the most fucking crazy fucking comic book characters to date with Conan. But we'll see what happens. With that said, uh, that's going to close out the movie segment for this week. Um, we are bringing back the question of the week this week, and as a surprise, this week's question is sponsored by Spike TV's Blue Mountain State. 
The prize for this week will be a, a Spike TV Blue Mountain State t-shirt, size large. Keep that in mind if you're going to answer this week's question of the week. Based on all these 3D films that are coming out and games, which, of, which game and or which movie would you like to see utilize the 3D medium? That is the question of the week, and you can respond to mtrhost at gmail.com. Once again, this week's question was sponsored by Spike TV's Blue Mountain State. Sex, football, comedy. Catch it on Tuesdays. Check your local listings on Spike TV. That is going to be the prize for this week. One Blue Mountain State t-shirt made by American Apparel, which of course is not a cheap clothing brand, and the shirt size is a large. So please, unless you want that shit to fit like saran wrap, make sure it's your size. Uh, nonetheless, that is going to wrap up the show for this week. Next week's guest will be Razor Rob McCullough from the WEC. Uh, he will be probably calling in around 11.30. couple of plugs. Got to give shout-outs to MMAHotStuff.com, uh, Warclaw.blogspot.com, if I'm correct. That's Mortis's blog, who is now going to be uh, submitting his wonderful opinions and musings on MMA with MyTakeRadio.com. You can check MMASocialites.com, MrMMA.com. They're all uh, friends of the show. Darksiders.com, Hayden Dalton and Han Rondawa should be back within two weeks to talk Darksiders. Hopefully I'll have it done by then. Until then, you can head over to Darksiders.com or to Hayden's WordPress blog at Hayden, H-A-Y-D-N, Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N, dot WordPress.com. Uh, shout out to Brooks McBeth. Uh, great stand-up comedian, friend of the show. Check him out, myspace.com slash brooksmcbeth or myspace.com, Brooks the Comedian. Shout-out to the VGN radio crew. Shout-out to Don Anderson from Tumbling with Tumbleweed, who is in the chat. You can catch his show Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to uh, Dementia, who does the uh, beautiful bead art. Check her stuff out at Etsy, E-T-S-Y dot com slash shop slash royal tresses. And of course, Born Stubborn Radio for providing their commercial 411 Mania for their great wrestling news, OC Remix for the intro, E10 Clothing for some great clothing that's out there, MMA Junkie for their MMA news, Film Drunk for their movie news. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of My Take Radio. That would be number 27 for Thursday, January 21st, 2010. If you want to get in contact with me for any particular reason or to answer the question of the week, that's mtrhost at gmail.com. Uh, those of you that are listening that are interested in being guests, head over to mytakeradio.com and click on the guest inquiry tab and fill out the form to be a guest on the show. Of course, My Take Radio is on Facebook. Head over to the mytakeradio.com Facebook fan page, show your support, become a fan. My Take Radio is also on MySpace, myspace.com, My Take Radio. Of course, you can follow My Take Radio on Twitter, and you can follow me, Rich the Host. Uh, it's twitter.com slash akuma25. And with that, that's this week's show. Thank you all for the calls. Thank you all for listening. See you guys next week. Hopefully my voice will feel a lot better. And with that, I'm out. Peace.
coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room.